a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, <laughs> wait a minute, you're he mistaken. Said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put the mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> keep uh, preaching the word, pastors, keep it mediocre, mediocre and hilarious. Flying by the seat of our pants, this is Table Talk Radio. That's Speaking even, of flying, that, I just found this news headline that says, The widow of an Illinois man attacked by a swan files wrongful death lawsuit. There's a lot of weird stuff in the news. Uh, I wonder what Man, fits, a... fits the legal definition of wrongful death. She's I suing mean... because the the company should have known that swans are dangerous animals. <laughs> <laughs> you know that the symbol, the, the ambolic symbol, is that a word? The animal symbol for Luther is the swan. So you see those swans all over Germany. And they're dangerous. Uh, I suppose. I don't. I, Could drown if you're kayaking next to a territorial <laughs> swan. Uh huh. So we're gonna do a little Ten Commandments in the news today. We're gonna do a little. Don't forget the stanzas to your Advent hymns. Give you a little bit of a. I give you a category to work with. I mean, if you don't get this, I'll be very disappointed. <laughs> okay. Uh, but first, buzzwords. Yeah. Okay. I got a buzzword for you, and mine is Advent. Is that yours? Did I take yours? No. It's too predictable. Advent. We're gonna do Advent. You said hymns. Advent I'm not hymns extremely. So I'm not extremely predictable like you are. But go ahead. It's, uh, Advent means coming. We talk about the coming of Jesus, especially in the season of Advent, which is the four Sundays before Christmas. In fact, Advent starts on the Sunday closest to St. Andrew's Day, which is November 29th or something. And um, this, uh, we talk about how Jesus came in the flesh, how he continues to come in his word and sacrament, and how he will come again in glory to judge the quick and the dead. And so that season of the church here, a beautiful season, which we're in now, if you're listening to when we're recording, is Advent. So there you go. Advent. All right, my theological buzzword for you is impute. Hmm? Hmm? To charge something to nice the one. account of another, this definition says, so that the righteousness of Christ is imputed to us. That is to say that it is not righteousness that we ourselves have earned or gained. It is not ours, but it is given, it is bestowed, it is credited to our account for the sake of Christ. So this is what Romans 5 says. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. And you go down a little bit to uh, verse 15, it says this, But the free gift is not like the transgression, for by the transgression of the one the many died, much more did the grace of God 
and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound to the many. So we are sinners by what we do and by what we have left undone, but we are righteous because of the gift and grace of Jesus Christ. I bet you I can get that word impute somewhere in the conversation. All right. Let's see if you can. So we're going to do a little Ten Commandments in the news. And so, uh, Pastor, this is where I uh, read an article, and you tell me about which of the commandments is dealt with here. A lot going on in the news recently, so let's let's take a crack at it then, shall we? Sure thing. Yep. All right, first article, Harvey Weinstein is... Sixth commandment. Okay. Um, <laughs> election results, Roy Moore is not... Sixth commandment. Oh. Okay. Uh, Billy Bush says that the Donald Trump tape is, in fact... Legit- Sixth commandment. Uh, okay, here, here's another one. Uh, Matt Lauer says for NBC... Sixth commandment. Uh, okay, I don't know. Here, here's one that ought to be safe. Former President George W. Bush. Or no, George... That's not George W. Bush. What's his name? George H.W. Bush? Oh, yeah, I'm saying again. Former President George H.W. Bush recently accused in a... Sixth Commandment. All right. Uh, there's got to be one. I didn't know that, that one. Oh, really? <laughs> That's a funny one. Um, I, I, let's, I know. I'll go to the entertainment industry. I'll be safe in the entertainment industry. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> House of Cards Netflix show is rewriting the script without Sixth Kevin Commandment. Sp- All right. Um, resignation from Al Franken uh, recently comes Sixth out. Commandment. I give up. Let's, let's play a different game. <laughs> Six commandment, six commandment, six commandment. The six commandment doesn't sound like such a bad idea anymore, does it? <laughs> you know, it is something. I mean, uh, I, I think that there's there's a notion here that uh, you know everybody's been saying, uh, you you Christians and being so prude and saying that we should only uh, enjoy the gift of sex in the context of marriage. You guys, you guys don't know what you're talking about. We can enjoy it however we want, except. Not <laughs> because everybody screams when there's sexual misconduct. But on the one hand, you're saying, "Hey, go have fun." On the other hand, but not there. I mean, that's that's too far. Yeah, there's no rules, which means, I mean, so you got two things that happen when you try to destroy the rules. Uh, it's like Calvin Ball. Remember Calvin Ball, the game uh-uh. where Calvin and Hobbes played uh, a game. And Calvin would constantly make up the rules. So there's no rules, which means there's rules are everywhere. It's the revenge of conscience. You know, you if you if you try to have no rules at all, you what you do is you make everyone their own self-appointed legalist. But apparently we didn't realize that until five minutes ago. <laughs> and and now everybody is losing the game. Uh, the whole world is on fire. Uh, and uh, and chastity, again, is starting to sound like a pretty good idea. I mean, you know, look, we've been... We've been, um, I mean, since the 60s, been sowing the seeds of this whirlwind, and now it's whirlwinding. It's whirlwinding down. Yeah. Yep, yep. It's, uh, I mean, it's just a disaster, an absolute disaster. Uh, and, and so, uh, 
And we'll see. I mean, this I think still in, if we might just be in the beginning stages of this. Who knows if there'll be anybody left, if there'll be anybody in Hollywood, anybody in Washington, D.C., anybody in New York and the major news networks. I mean, all these kind of major centers of cultural power, which is kind of nice to, to remember that, you know, we have been in some ways fighting against all these forces for years and years. And then the Lord says, nah. I'm done with you. But the only thing that's keeping go. the resemblance of morality around is political opponents. So that, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so here are all these allegations coming out about Roy Moore, and who knows if he did or not. But, um, I mean, nearly got reelected, or not reelected, nearly got elected, right? I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the, the voters in Alabama well, did one of two things. Either said, they don't, we don't, we don't believe. Uh, the allegations, I think, because of a general mistrust of the of the media, uh, or reasoned that um, we'd rather have someone who has these sexual allegations versus someone who would be pro-abortion. <laughs> right. I mean, so the lesser of evils is. I mean, that's still not as bad as killing babies. I know. But 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 I know. Po- I mean, that- <laughs> the point is though that uh, if if we didn't have political opponents, uh, it'd just be complete all morality would be gone uh there wouldn't be people to say hey you shouldn't be doing that because because otherwise i mean because um sexual promiscuity is so pervasive it gets to the point where we're like uh everybody else is doing it you know i mean Mm. uh if you if you don't know what i mean uh assert that before you get married you're gonna not live together and see how your coworkers respond to that one that's it. That's it. Now, I think that this the word we need to recover in this whole conversation is chastity because we, we speak of abstinence, but the, the trouble with abstinence is it's – I mean, there's no trouble with abstinence. It's a great word. We should also talk of abstinence. But I think that uh, um, one way that we're going to recover the Christian sexual ethic is by speaking of chastity because that gives us something positive to pursue. It's just uh, – in other words, our purity – our, our, our sexual lives are defined not by simply by a lack of something, by not doing something, and that makes mm. it okay. No, that chastity is actually something that we're chasing after. So I think we need to especially teach the young people and all the single people, hey, you, the Lord has given you the vocation of chastity, and that vocation has certain good works to it. Uh, and then uh, also to the married people, you know, you have a vocation of chastity. And uh, it's a, this is good. This is how the Lord has intended you to be, um, to... to, to you know, to be husband and wife and to bring forth children and to rejoice in that. and All the uh, single people. Oh, well. All the single people. All the single people. <laughs> I can see that's your favorite song. It is, uh, it is. It used to be, especially when you were still single. <laughs> it's not as much fun anymore. I, I thought it was You've ruined all my fun by getting married. You I know thought that. that was weird that it was the processional hymn during the installation service. Coordination. <laughs> that was odd. All right, we're going to be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Podcasting before it was cool. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out.
That's right. We're back. Table Talk Radio doing some Ten Commandments in the news. And other than uh, a swan wrongful death story, do you have anything worth talking about there, Pastor Wolf Miller? Uh, sure. How about this one? Uh, alleged ISIS sympathizer obtained terrorist propaganda from Chelsea Bomber while in prison, report says. Okay. A New York City man accused of trying to join ISIS has been spending his time behind bars watching videos of terror group beheadings and has received more, quote, terrorist propaganda from Chelsea bomber Ahmad uh, Rahimi, according to court records. Sajmir uh, Ali Metmiti, 24, of the Bronx, has, quote, participated in the receipt and dis- dissemination of terrorist propaganda materials, end quote, while he was locked up in federal prison. The Manhattan U.S. Attorney General's Office said, according to the New York Daily News. How about that? You go to prison and you sit there in your cell on YouTube watching beheadings? That seems like a slight oversight in a prison. (laughs) Of course, this is the the big problem that we keep struggling with in our country, that we think that Islam is uh, a religion or only a religion. And we fail to see it as uh, a political effort to overthrow democracy and the United States in general. So, I mean, if we if we took the religious aspect out of Islam altogether and just said, hey, this is a political organization that wants to kill America, I don't know that we would have such a hard time with this. But because it is forwarded as a religion, um, everybody everybody screams first amendment. And so we have to give them their rights to religion. And now I can sit in prison and learn about the religion of Islam. And I'm watching ISIS members cut off people's heads. Crazy. The whole thing's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So that's the first, uh, so first commandment. Yep. You shall, uh, have no other gods and, uh, recognizing, uh, Allah and Muhammad as his prophet is recognizing a false god, so that is a violation of the first commandment. That would also then be a violation of the second commandment, because as soon as you say someone is God or someone is God's prophet and you're lying, then you're breaking the second commandment. And uh, that may then connect to the third commandment as well, insofar as the third commandment deals with the hearing of the word of God, uh, and the Quran is not the word of God. Is that a stretch? Or is third commandment uh, nope. there? Okay. It is not. In fact, false doctrine. So I think just any any false doctrine, third commandment stuff. So yeah, yeah true. I think that's true. great. Uh, and then we're also dealing here with the fourth commandment, and this is going to be the question of authority, and probably the question we ought to look at a little more carefully. That when a person is incarcerated, uh, what do the authorities over that inmate? restrict in light of um you know acti- material literature media uh w- what should an inmate re- be restricted of and i think propaganda that would further terrorism might be a good place to start on restrictions <laughs> you you hate freedom <laughs> uh of course the beheadings and all of this would be a fifth commandment issue. I think finally we found an uh, article, news story that doesn't deal with the sixth commandment. 
Yeah, that's amazing. That's like the one commandment not included in here. It's like uh it's like a game find the news story that is not about the sixth commandment. Uh seventh commandment. I bet if we if you dig. But I've already gone on to the next one article. Uh eighth commandment. Uh eighth commandment is in the court system so that you would bear witness. Um so that's that's there. Uh I don't know about ninth and tenth. Being happy being happy in jail, that's a stretch. Now, let's say you came across, let's see, we want to do apologetics. So how would that go? Who would you come across to have a conversation about this? Let's say An imam? Let's say you were in prison next to this guy. You were in the cell next to him, <laughs> wrongfully accused of. What are you in for? I'm sure. I was like, hey, yeah, what, are, what are you watching? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to bake this cake for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> what are you here for? So let's see. Let's say for. you're you refuse to bake a cake, and so you're uh, you're in jail next to this guy. And uh, how would you? How would you? What would you? How would you start the conversation? Um, what are you watching? <laughs> uh, okay. hey, can I watch too? Is that real life, or does it? Uh, is that real blood? <laughs> They don't even read, 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 let me read the really Bible terrible. in here. Um, <laughs> how do you smuggle that? How do you smuggle that Islamist propaganda in here? <laughs> oh, they let you look at it in the library. Looking for a Gospel of John. They're gonna have it, someone smuggle it to me in a cake. <laughs> well, good golly! I think that the first place to start is with the fifth commandment. I mean, this is. Uh, I'm trying to think if this is true. I think this is true. I think the fifth commandment is the most obvious commandment of the Ten Commandments. Uh, and that is to say that it um, it might take some convincing to tell people that they shouldn't use the Lord's name in vain. You know, some people just might not care. Uh, it might take take some convincing to say, look, you shouldn't be coveting your neighbor's stuff. People say, well, you know, what do I care? But hopefully, at some level or another, everyone can universally agree that it is wrong to end another person's life, or at least in some circumstance it is. I mean, there are people who say, look, it's fine to kill the unborn because they're not humans. But but that same person wouldn't you know, just shoot a person in cold blood. So there are certain circumstances which it would be universally understood that it is wrong uh, to end a person's life. So the question is, what ideology is getting in the way or erasing the notion of the fifth commandment. So um, in the, in the previous example, it's the idea that um, you know, giving up my life or giving up my job or giving up my financial situation for the sake of a child entering this world uh is more important than the life of the unborn. So that that's the rationalization. So what rationalization is giving me permission to ignore or violate the fifth commandment? In this case, it's the cause for Allah. Uh, it's jihad. Um, and is this what is this what God would would really have us do? Um, is the teaching of the Quran actually uh, purporting the truth about God? 
I think hoping to appeal to the fifth commandment would be a place to start. I think another place you want to go with it, though, is, is I think, understanding who is Jesus. You know, what does the Quran say about Jesus? What do these New Testament historical documents say about Jesus? And what's the differences therein? What do you think? How, how would you take this, since you're sitting there in jail? Well, I want to say maybe this. I mean, it just to take a half step back. And um, and make this note, and it is that we, I think Christians in general are very scared to witness or speak of Christ to Muslims. And we should not be. The devil wants us to be afraid. We should not be afraid. So when we were in Germany this summer, you know, we worshiped a couple of churches where the, um, you know, a third of the members were ex-Muslims who are now Christian, baptized and believe in Jesus and so forth. And... In fact, the, um, you know, the Muslims, the, the Lord Jesus died for, for them um, also and desires for them to know his kindness and his peace. And so I think the conversation about law and gospel and about the death and resurrection of Jesus is always, always suitable. And, but, but the big picture is that Christians, as we, you know, as, as um, uh, more and more um, uh, Muslim folks immigrate into the United States and become our neighbors, there, there is a way that... Uh, that we're tempted to be afraid, we should not be afraid. We should see that as, as Christians, at least, as the great opportunity. Because a lot of times, these nations that are closed to, you can't even bring a Bible into those nations. Mm. Uh, and yet here the Lord says, well, I'll, I'll bring the people and I'll put them right next to all my Christians so they can be baptized and, and uh, so that my church can continue to grow and I can rescue them. And so the Christian shouldn't be afraid of these conversations with the, uh, with the Muslims to speak of Christ and of his benefit. Hmm. Yes, indeed. What else do you have to say about this? I got another. I got another story. You want another one? This right. is, I'm interested to hear what you think about this. Okay. Uh, lost in translation, Pope ponders an update to the Lord's Prayer. Hmm. Dateline Rome. It's been a question of theological debate and liturgical interpretation for years, and now Pope Francis has joined the discussion. Does the Lord's Prayer, Christendom's resonant petition to the Almighty, need an update? In a new television interview, Pope Francis said the common rendering of one line in the prayer, lead us not into temptation, was not, quote, a good translation, end quote, from the ancient texts. Do not let us fall into temptation, he suggested, might be, the, might be better because God does not lead people into temptation. Satan does. A father doesn't do that, the Pope said. He helps you get up the right way. What induces into temptation is Satan. In essence, the Pope said, the prayer from the book of Matthew is asking God, Quote, when Satan leads us into temptation, you, please, give me a hand. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, now he's the Pope. So he does he just get to slam his hand down on the desk and it, and it is so? Or how, how does that how's that work? Uh, I don't know how, how the—I don't know what the canon law says for the process of changing the Scripture. Hmm. All right. Well, we're going to take so we may have to look into the details if it just is a yes or no vote or if the Pope can just decree it. I'm not 100% sure. I was I was just curious. Not probably relevant to Ten Commands of the News. But now we need to take a break. Oh, I get... think it is very relevant, though. Well, okay. That's true. It could be relevant. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Very possibly relevant. Perhaps. Very possibly. Quite maybe. Table Talk Radio. Unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you could find at worldvieweverlasting.com.
Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're going to do a little Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Advent Hymns. But first, Pastor Wolfenler read an article about the Pope, Pope Francis, wanting to change the prayer that everybody knows. Uh, what do you want to change it to again? The, uh, In English, Lead not us Latin, not into temptation was not a good translation. Do not let us fall into temptation, he suggested. Might okay. be better. Do not let us fall. Okay. Now, um, th- there is a, an element of truth to the point that he's saying, and that is um, that God doesn't lead us into into temptation. In fact, um, we said this in the Catechism, right? And this is also from uh, James chapter 1, where James is making the distinction between uh, testing and tempting, although that's how we... Uh, understand it in the English, um, but there is a difference, right? And that 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 God tempts no one, uh, as we say in the in the Catechism. So that's uh, there there is an element of truth to that. But the problem is, is that what happens when when Pope Francis changes the Lord's Prayer, <laughs> because we still have to deal with what our Lord gave us, right? I mean, this is a th- even if you don't like it, you still have to have what Jesus gave you. And right. um, the, the Greek here is a word to to lead or to bring. So um, I think the better way to approach this would be to teach what the wholeness of the Bible says and how we understand this rather than to change the words of Scripture to fit an understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say. I mean, that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It's like... Uh... You know, it, if you're going to change something, it, like I wouldn't come over to your house and start changing the wallpaper. You'd be like, hey, that's not your if house. If you want to tear down wallpaper, house. go for it. I, we had to just get rid of a bunch <laughs> of to- – oh, it was awful. Whoever invented wallpaper, not a, not a big fan of you. Yeah, so uh, this is the uh, – but, you, you know, it, it, <laughs> hey, Pope, it's it's not the Pope's prayer. It It's even called the Lord's prayer. So let's let the Lord decide what we should pray. I think there's a good idea that you would just, you know, instead of saying we're going to pray the Our Father, we're going to pray the uh, the Our Francis. <laughs> the Our Francis. <laughs> Let us not be tempted by the devil or whatever. That's uh, right. I mean, you know, that's true. God d- d- doesn't tempt anybody, but he does test us. That's the point. God does test us. And we don't want to think that the devil is in control. Here, that's the, one of the dangers of the way the Pope is talking. It's a slippery slope. Ah, excellent where, point. You know, that, so, now God has nothing to do with this. It's just the devil who's yeah That that's a great point. So, so as we see in uh, in in Job, um, here the 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 devil has to get permission from God to tempt Job, and uh, the Lord has it. The Lord allows it, and so. You know, we always want to exonerate God from any any suffering, right? So, well, that would never come mm-hmm. from God. God only allowed it. But listen, if you're if you're standing there and someone uh, robs an old lady on the street and you do nothing and you allow it, you're kind of complicit, aren't you? I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't rob. I just allowed it. You know, we're we're so busy trying to exonerate God from any suffering. 
That's right. If an evil comes on the city, did not the Lord uh, bring evil on the city? This is how the prophets preach. Now, we don't want to, we want to be clear that God is not the source of evil, the author of evil, but right. the Lord is able to use all these things that are against his will to do his will. So, he, you know, he, he somehow he'll nobody falls to the ground apart from the Lord's will. And at the same time, you shall not murder, but the Lord will use even you know murder to further his will he uses wars and rumors of wars he uses he uses sicknesses and all the trouble this life to to um uh, to advance his own will in life and he tests us so that the same thing which is the temptation of the devil is the lord's testing not that we would lose our faith that's why the devil tempts us to lose our faith and to break god's commandments no the lord tests us so that we would strengthen our faith and so that the, our strength our faith would be strengthened and that we would keep the commandments and love our neighbor and so forth. Yep. All right. Want to do some, uh, Oh, I, I got to do some 10 commandments. Uh, let's see. Yeah. First commandment oh, really? is there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 10 commandments. That's right. Which one? First, first. You just say that every uh, time. Uh, second commandment, third commandment. Uh, the biggies are, um, Second and third, right? So that we would yeah. have the Lord's word as he would give it to us. Um, and right. that, that Pope Francis ought to be content with the word that he's been given. So the ninth and tenth commandment. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There's discontent I like with that. God's word. Oh, man. It's How do you talk to your friends about this? Let's see. Um, it's a, Here's the article. It says he's already angered Catholic traditionalists by reconsidering the prohibition on granting communion to the divorced and remarried by taking on issues like climate change and economic inequality. Um, Francis's idea on changing the Lord's Prayer could unsettle some Catholics who learned from childhood to recite the prayer, also called the Our Father. Maybe that's the problem. They call it the Our Father, and they call the Pope the Father, and they get, just get confused. Who's, who belongs to <laughs> All this time, Francis is like, that's not about me? What? I don't know. All right, let's see if you know your... Uh, he says, it your, just makes you... Here's a Catholic guy. He says, it makes you wonder, where does it stop? What else is up for grabs? It's a cumulative unease. That is interesting. What else is up there for grabs? Is. We're going to do... Uh, get a, get rid of justification by works next. What's what's next? <laughs> that, <laughs> That's true, actually. Sola fide? We can't, we can't just start <laughs> changing words. <laughs> Oops! The slippery slope argument. All right, it, it is. It is. All right. Do you know your Advent hymns or not? Uh yeah, I do. Let's do this thing. So, what are you doing? You're giving me an Advent hymn, and then I got to finish the hymn. That's how this thing works. Indeed. And oh man, I'm excited. This will be great. <laughs> I wouldn't get too excited here. I'm gonna. Oh, I, I pick some difficult stanzas. You know, you okay. got. You know, you know how sometimes you're you're singing along, and the end of every line of the stanza is rhyming, and all of a sudden you get the 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 weird word that doesn't rhyme. Yes, that's what you've done. Those are the stanzas that I picked. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, here's the first one for your considering consideration. Lo, he comes with clouds descending.
I couldn't understand what they were saying. Oh, okay. I'll I'll give it to you. So a thousand every a thousand eyes shall behold him, robed in glorious majesty. Those who set at naught and sold him. Uh, now will bend their knee. Sorry, I, I, I stopped in the middle. I, there's another page. <laughs> Pierced and nailed him to the tree. And then it goes like this. Deeply wailing, deeply wailing. Uh, deeply that, wailing. When they behold his majesty or something like this. Okay. Let, I'll, I'll, I, I, I'll, I remember I'll, something like this is remember. I'll keep going and I'll stop it where I meant to stop at the first place. <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. Okay. I was I was so focused on the left-hand page. I didn't see the right-hand page. Uh-huh. <laughs> They, they, their true Messiah see. really close that was really close uh the correct the correct answer was shall their true messiah see what did i say their true messiah you forgot the shall that shall is important (laughs) (laughs) no place for you (laughs) dang dang Oh, now I, feel I need to bad. be in your confirmation class. You know, <laughs> miss one word. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, I start to feel bad. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you twelve points. Oh, right. Now it's pretty uh, good. It's twelve more than you have. L- let me let me read the stands. I'll give you. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Let's hit a break because we've got about twelve seconds left before what? break, and then I'll have you comment on this stands and we get back. We will continue playing Name the Stanzas to Your Advent Hymns, everyone's favorite game. If you want to chime in and comments or questions about our show, if it's a complaint, send it to B, uh, prbw at tabletalkradio.org. If it's a compliment, hey, hey, that's Evan that's at tabletalkradio.org. I'll take the compliments. You handle the complaints. Or you can just give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA. 1-800-385-7652 is the toll-free Table Talk Radio response line. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Because... Cable's expensive. I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Lo, he comes with clouds descending is the hymn we're talking about for Don't Forget the Stanzas to Your Hymns and 
Pastor Wolfmiller got 12 points worth of uh, words at the end of this stanza. It goes like this. Every eye shall now behold him robed in glorious majesty. Those who set at naught and sold him, pierced and nailed him to the tree, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, deeply wailing, shall their true Messiah see. Mm-hmm. Man, oh, man. What a stunning hymn. This is... Um... This is great. Um, what are we supposed to say about it? If we like it Something. or not? If we approve of it? You can say if it's contemporary, contemporary or, traditional. or traditional. I think it's as a new hymn, isn't it? When does this hymn come from? Uh, 1805 or something? Is it older than that? Are you, is it, are you submitting your final answer? Yeah, 1805. That's oh. my guess. Uh, which would be contemporary, right? 1750s the cutoff? Yeah, contem- yep. You are... Uh, probably incorrect. <laughs> well, that's not anything new. <laughs> Let's see if I can have a more precise date on this one. Whew, I don't know. Okay. Uh, so I just happened to have pulled this page up. And it says it was uh, re republished and altered by Charles Wesley in 1758. Hmm. So if that is correct, if we're going by the Yeah, yeah, that makes it <laughs> that makes it uh that makes it a contemporary hymn and that yeah, makes yeah. me right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1758. Now, f- interesting thing about this, uh you know, you think he republished something older than 8 years, but I don't I think Wesley was working with the new stuff. <laughs> uh Wesley was in uh, what what church tradition before he became a Methodist? Uh, I, um, he he invented Methodism, didn't he? Yeah, that was a joke. But what was he? What was he before so that? He's a, he was an Anglican. Yeah, Episcopalian. Okay. So read this. England. This is what we have in our hymnal. Lo, he comes with clouds descending, once for every sinner slain, thousand thousand saints attending, swell and triumph of his of his train. But this is uh, what it uh, reads otherwise if you looked up on the internet. It says, Lo, he comes with clouds descending once for favored sinners slain. Really? <laughs> wow. The little Lutheran That's the limited switcheroo. atonement version. <laughs> you got to look up the limited atonement version of these hymns. If you're, if you're uh, you know, reformed, you got to... Yeah. Once for favored sinners. Once for elect sinners. <laughs> Just take out the sinner part. It doesn't matter. Just for once for the favored slain. Yep, yep, yep. <sighs> All right. Well, mess. You, you, you uh, got 12 points so far. Are you ready for another one? Wait, don't I get points for guessing that it's contemporary? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll give you 100 points. 112 points you have. Dang. What are you going to do with all these points? I haven't had this many points in a long time. All right, I'm ready for the next one. Okay. Double or nothing. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm confident in my Advent hymn stanza knowledge. All right. Seems like I should have another one here somewhere. <laughs> okay. Good idea. Any other thoughts about that one? <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs>
I got to sing it real pretty, like the ch- children's chorus. I can't get that. High. <laughs> I was gonna with, say, <laughs> withhold the honor due. Did you get that? Withhold the honor due. That's yeah, baby. Oh Lord, how shall I meet thee, Paul Gerhardt, the greatest of all the Advent hymns? Why don't we do a few more stanzas of that guy? All right, that's the one. hymn that has this great love caused thy incarnation, love brought thee down oh, yeah. to thee, thy thirst for my salvation, procured my liberty. That one, right, and me, then this one. Um, hold on, let me read. Oh these yeah, go. Two. You want to put the, one? These two go together. I don't have the music, but uh, I lay in fetters groaning. You came to set me free. I stood my shame bemoaning. You came to honor me. A glorious crown you give me, a treasure safe on high that will not fail or leave me as earthly riches fly. That's oh, the best. Man. How does it get better than that? This also has, you shall not toil and anguish and, and, labor, and, and labor day and night, how you shall, can draw him near you by your own might. He comes, he comes all willing, drawn by his love alone. Oh, love, uh, something, something, something else. It's great. So, you know, you don't have to figure out how to get Jesus down. Look, he comes. He wants to come down here and rescue you. Oh, the whole oh, hymn is fantastic. <laughs> we were singing that hymn on Sunday. Nice. And I thought to myself, forget the sermon I wrote. I'm just going <laughs> to read this hymn again. You got it. It's yeah. the best. Oh, man. Uh, all right. I got one more for you. Let's see how we're doing on time. About uh, five minutes left. Now, <clears throat> this last one I couldn't find a professional recording of, so I had to get the recording from our congregation on Sunday. So uh, bear with me through the audio. Uh, Here it is. Here comes the captives to release in Satan's prison And iron fetters yield. Hey, you got a pretty the good song there. Hey, good job. Hey. Yeah, that's the praise band at uh, Faith Lutheran Church. After the quilters get done, they usually <laughs> rock it. So that's what we do at our church. <laughs> Who is that that is playing? Uh, it's uh, Kone. Um, I, I believe they're a, a band from the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. But I, I Kone? Like, like common? Yeah, like Koine? the yeah Kone Greek, so to speak. So uh, they've got a lot of a lot of hymns uh, on that are kind of put to to totally rock and awesome music. The, you know, the Christmas album, best of album, <laughs> reunion tour album, live album. <laughs> you got it right though. Yeah, man, did I ever? I got the last three right. In fact, I got all three right. <laughs> I wouldn't say blam, the first one blam, was blam, right. Blam, blam, victory. Uh, right ish. I mean, that's that's amazing. He comes the prisoners to release in Satan's bondage held. The gates of brass before him burst. The iron fetters yield. This is has this old psalm, the Ascension Psalms. Uh, Lift up your heads, you mighty gates. Uh, behold, the King of Glory comes. This is the idea of Jesus when he. He's kind of he's he's breaking things down. He's breaking these barriers down. He he breaks the barrier between God and man, between creator and creation, between death and life, between uh, you know he he breaks the gates of hell. He 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 throws open the doors to heaven so we can get there. The open door, of the grave is busted by Jesus. He's just he's he is the one who, like Revelation says, he opens and nobody shuts. 
and he shuts and nobody opens. So Jesus is opening and closing all these great doors, and that's that. Him gets at that. Whew, man, look perfectly. at this one. He Just comes great. the broken heart uh, to bind, the bleeding soul to cure, and with the treasure of his grace to enrich the humble poor. Rich the humble poor. That's great. Oh, good stuff. That's great. I don't know if the jingle bells add to the tenor of the hymn, you know. <laughs> oh, that was but, me. That was me on oh, the uh, on the uh what do they call that? Tambourine? Yeah, the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> How, you know, sometimes this game is fun to play because it reminds us, does it not, that why I mean, it's just when it comes to the contemporary songs, it's like why would you why would you want that? <laughs> You know, even if it was decent, <laughs> we have such great treasures in the church. It's like, hey, here's a steak dinner. Like, ah, no, nah, I'd rather just, you know, dumpster dive for soup tonight. <laughs> what? Dumpster diving? You got a steak. Eat the steak. Um, Get my image? You want yeah. me to explain my metaphor? Yeah, so could you explain that? You know. again? See the hymns or the steak. Uh, you gonna give one. me some points or what? What's um, going on over there? Are you getting stingy? Counting how many points you have left? Yeah, I'll give you hundred more points. So whatever Each? that comes to. Since you did, yeah, sure, whatever. Three hundred. We'll find out what the the points are like here in just a bit. Here's another one, just bonus. Um, uh, we hail thee as our savior, Lord, our refuge and our great reward. Without thy grace, we waste away. Like flowers that wither and decay. Mm. This is the song about the uh, Southern Baptists on Jordan's Banks, the Baptist cry. I never understood why the Baptists oh, yeah. are crying in this hymn, but yeah, that's right. Anyway, that's right, because John the Baptist is there preaching about baptism. <laughs> that's why they're crying. <laughs> we, we don't want you to say those things about baptism and repentance. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Advent's awesome. That's the base, the, the moral Jordan's of the story. Banks, the Baptists are crying. I just, <laughs> why so sad, Baptists? Okay. I was reading Malachi, you know, and and uh, and there. Better hurry. The Lord says, "You you wet my altar with your tears," and I don't like it because He wants us to come into His temple with thanksgiving, not with weeping. Indeed. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where we impute Advent to you. Somehow. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, alopecia, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the Calvinists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.